There he is. Welcome to the Yang Gang Roundtable. It is 4.11 p.m. Sunday, January 31st, 2021. Back at our 4 to 6 time slot. Back with my radio voice. Just for the intro. I don't know how I go into that. Anyway, hello. My name is Shale. I have uh, Ariel, Feiku, Kaizen, Refluence with me today. Uh, we're all UBI advocates. And we have our guest who who is listed in channel as World Challenger. But uh, how should we refer to you uh, over the course of this podcast, sir? Uh, you can just call me Harry. All right, Harry. Harry it is. Well, it's nice to meet you, Harry. Thanks for coming on thank the show. You. I understand yeah, thank you. you are... Uh, basic income advocate, yeah, uh, like like the rest of us. Um, and you're a f- an acquaintance of Mia, so uh, she she couldn't be here, unfortunately. It happens once in a while. I'm glad that uh, you know she reached out to someone in her life and uh, got you to come on the show, so we can know you better. Um, and you have some different ideas about the logistics and implementation and nuance of UBI, so we'd be happy to talk to you about that. Uh, my camera's not working. Sorry to keep mine off for today, but appreciate you guys having yours on. So uh, without further delay um we have a roundtable style discussion on poverty based income and electoral politics every week uh, i'm gonna open the floor thank you guys for being here yeah thanks so uh did you did you want to be referred to as world challenger or no just harry, harry. harry just harry yes how about harry, harry. hirsch our, our dear friend <laughs> well now you've outed him if you wanted to remain mononymous Mononymous? Mononymous? Oh, shoot. Was, is that the word? I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, a specific type of pseudonymity. <laughs> Anonymity. Well, you just go by your first... Anyway, uh, I'm just taking I mean, it. I'm not home. particularly worried about <laughs> anonymity right now, for the most part, because... Good. Um, I think mainly because I'm not really intending to be, like, being the kind of person who anyone else finds threatening, you know? So it's like nobody's going to be, like, scared of me or anything, and nobody's going to be, like, too, like worried about me, so nobody's going to, like, come after me. You know what I mean? Also, so Harry's so got there, his right, face on can, screen. How non-anonymous can you be? <laughs> You've got your, <laughs> right, right. your full, yeah, you know. Discord, like, I'm going to have my same username because I'm on Discord. You know, it's on my Discord account, so it's like, they're going to know who I am from this. You know? So, like, yeah. Yeah. There you also, go. I put his name people... on the open discussion announcement. <laughs> well, exactly. well, so, when, I kind when of... Not, when we're not anonymous, <laughs> We're more uh, genuine, and I and I like that. Too, yeah. The thing the thing is, is that it, although you're Sheridan, Sheridan is the same guy behind the pot plant than he is with the picture. But like, oh yeah, you know, it all depends. Well, now you've outed it as a pot plant. God, uh, nobody cares. I just feel silly today. As, as a podcast plant, right? Podcast. You know that is the plant of podcasters. I would say podcast plant. That is correct. I mean, uh. I have positive <laughs> feelings about that herb. Anyway, um, the, Harry, the reason wanted to remain anonymous and not know mm. that he, that was him. <laughs> well, the reason that we know Harry and he is very public is because he attends our humanity hangs for Humanity Forward. Is that correct? Yeah. And uh, and our friend Mia Song, uh, Mia Dumford is uh, one of the humanity hang coordinators at this point, who's often there, and so she is a. Uh, um, She's letting people know that if they have something they want to talk about, they can come here to the round table and talk about it. And yep. you do not have to be a famous politician, even though we've had wonderful politicians join us. Yep. And you do not need to be the leader of a super PAC, even though we've had okay. people who are super PAC <laughs> join us. So yeah. um, really appreciate you willing to uh, come here and talk about what's important to you. So Thanks. I heard that you are into uh, doing time banking. Yes, very much so. 
Okay, how does it work? Uh, because I have always thought that's a great idea, but I don't think I have any here in East Texas in the rural yeah. area. So. so basically the way it works is that the very basic bottom line to it is that you do if you're part of a time bank, you can do something for an hour for somebody else, and that gets you one time credit. Then you can spend one time credit to get somebody else in the time bank to do something for you for an hour. That's the basic gist. Okay. So it's like um, work, except it's volunteer basis? Yes. And uh, it's mutual exchanges, basically. So it's like, I mean, the way I would put it is that, like, it's like a neighborhood sort of economy, where it's like, I mean, you know how, like, people talk about, like, goods and services and stuff, but, like, goods and services are just formal, fancy terms for stuff and actions. So I don't think most of our uh, politicians and economists have noticed that yet, but... Refluence, are you wanting to say something? I see your hands is up. Yes. Um, what you're talking about is a resource-based economy. So um, in Florida, they have this project uh, trying to get on. It's called the Venus Project. I don't know if you heard that already, but you haven't. Uh, the resource-based economy is what you're talking about. Gotcha. So like, that includes other resources besides just time then? Gotcha. Interesting. Uh, I think I have heard of the Venus Project, but let's focus on time banking for a moment. Maybe we'll circle back to the Venus Project sure, and yeah, hear more sure. about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you are involved with one in your local area, and yes. uh, how did you did you help found found it, or did you just kind of no, uh, join it? I joined it. I joined it, uh, I joined it like sometime like either last year or the year before that, somewhere on time. I I forget when exactly I joined, um, but I just was like. Because I heard about time banks, I think, from reading Andrew Yang's book, uh, The War on Normal People. And then I looked a bit more into it, and eventually I was like, just decided to join one. You know, I looked up what I found in the area, you know. Um, <clears throat> so the Karen Share Time Bank, uh, right now, actually, has a very low membership. Because, like, the whole, like, pandemic situation, like, not very many people are active in it now. Um, because they've been, like, doing everything on, like, online Zoom meetings, you know. So I'm hoping to try to expand that a bit, you know, maybe get some, like, more outdoor meetings, you know. You know, hopefully try to set things up so we can get more uh, nurses at the time because we can get more vaccines administered and make it so we can start, you know, so that sort of thing. Okay, so uh, are you one of the people kind of running it at this point? The way you're talking about it, it feels like it's your baby. Um, <laughs> thing is, time banks are not like ordinary, and I don't think most people have noticed this yet, but time banks are not an ordinary sort of infrastructure. They're not like a company or a typical nonprofit organization. In a time bank, any service that people can provide for time credits, if they have the skills for it, they can just do it, you know, as an offer to somebody else or as fulfilling someone else's request. So it's not like we have, like, any sort of, like, centralized leadership in the same way that other types of organizations do. I mean, we have a time bank coordinator named Vilvi, um, but that, she's a coordinator. It's not like she's, like, you know, the, a CEO or anything, you know? Okay, so, so, uh, so you can easily become one of the people who... Uh, make help make changes or help uh, improve the service if you just are a participant. Yeah, exactly. Because you just have to like make an offer and see who picks it up, you know, like or like see what requests people are making. Say, hey, I can do something like that. You want me to do it? And they say, sure. You know, part of what the what, part of what makes that possible is that uh, time banks have a bit more like closer like connections between people. Of like your is it usually more like local sort of exchanges, you know, so. Because you're not, it's it's not like a normal sort of organization where it's like this giant thing where it's like 
you're like having to manage like a billion different people at once. Right. No, you know, and, and time banks can't be robbed. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> I although, like that. To be fair, although to be fair, most of the currently existing time banks, if not all of them, so far as I know, are done on computers, and computers can be hacked. But hmm. that can be dealt with. Unless you're a time traveler. Thing. What? Unless you're a time traveler. You time Unless you're a time traveler. But you can, well, the thing is, you can fake records. You know, somebody can like hack into a time bank computer system and fake the records. But the, the way to deal with that, if anyone even has an intent to do anything like that in the first place, which I'm not sure if they actually would, but if somebody does choose to do that, the way to deal with that sort of thing is either to you is either to switch to like something like a, a, a what do they call it a, the uh, the blockchain, you know, either you switch to blockchain, or you can also have time banks offline, you know, and the way that would work is that you would have to, like, I mean, you could just, like, have, like, paper, pen, a paper, pen, and scotch tape, you know, and post offers and requests to your front door of where you live, or to someone else's front door of one of your neighbors, with contact information, as well as, like, a public place, a safe public place to meet, to, like, discuss further details. So you don't actually need a computer to have a time bank, and of course, even like a whiteboard, exactly, right. exactly. a chalkboard. Yeah, and, and and you just have to be, and you just have to make sure you, that you're engaging with people. You have neighbors who are trustworthy enough; they're not just going to like constantly like pull up the eraser and just erase everything you write on your whiteboard. You know, that's sort of like a uh, like a base. It's basically like a social contract sort of thing. You know, yeah, like, yeah, like there's a cryptocurrency called. Uh, I'm sorry, Ariel. I'll let you go in a second. Um. There's a cryptocurrency called Good Dollar. We've had the creator of Good Dollar on uh, at least once. And um, mm. this sounds, you know, a little bit aligned with their mission in, in that it is a way to re, uh, reorient the value of someone's effort and time with, uh, yeah. you know, with what it should be. Uh, take it away from all the perverted forces of the market and start again. Yeah. So when someone actually creates value there justly rewarded with a basic unit of currency. So I wonder, yep. um, how, how would you feel about um, investigating a, 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 a cryptocurrency that attempted to sort of value time banking? Because uh, uh, that's sort of what that good dollars are doing. That might be worth looking into, yeah. Because yeah. even though time banks can be done without computers, I think there's pros and cons to that. You know what I mean? Um, and I think there's also a good case to be made for making time banks of both kinds, both the online kind and the offline kind, I think. Although I'd have to think about it a bit more before I would be like actually list out all of the different pros and cons in detail. It's sort of a good like general idea of that, I think. Um, um, but basically, yeah, cryptocurrency sounds like it would be a good idea for looking into for doing that with a time bank. Because I was sort of thinking so already that like that particular would... uh, organization, the Good Dollar, is at GoodDollar.org. And so if you wanted to look into how the, how that works, it's very simple right now. You just get uh, one every single day that you check in. Yeah. And then uh, over time, you have enough to trade with other people for different things. Cool. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I still think that the reason you'd want to have another like currency like on top of the time credits for a time bank would mainly be if you either won, if you either won, had like services that needed to be done which time credits were not enough to incentivize. Like, for instance, something like, like nobody wants to do, like trash collection, or like something like uh, uh, something that requires a lot of training, like, uh, and like, like, like going to school to become a doctor, you know? Um, you know, things like that, where you actually need more than just time credits to incentivize it. 
But the other thing I would also say for that is also that, like, you could use it for, like, a general time bank fund for, like, reimbursing people for fulfilling requests or giving or fulfilling offers uh, that require them to make some sort of purchase of goods rather than just giving services by themselves. So, hmm. for instance, like, if somebody, like, made a request, hey, there's something I need from the store, but I can't get it right now. Can somebody come, can somebody go get it for me and deliver it to me? I'll give you some time credit for that. And then they have to pay money in order to buy the thing. So then the t- general time bank fund reimburses the person who fulfilled the request. Mm-hmm. Um, so cryptocurrency... Yeah, a lot of interesting to ways to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I'm actually interested in, uh, in order for people to sign up, if they happen to be in Columbus and they wanted to sign up for your time bank, how yeah. would they do that? Is that the is it associated with a with a with a church or anything like that? There's a website, so it's a cstimebank.org. You just go to the time bank website there, and you uh, sign up to become a member. And you have to watch. You also have to click the link on the website to watch the orientation video. Now, it, when I put that into my um, my browser, it takes me to some place called ourworld.org yes. with h o u r rather so than our world is the software platform that we're using. Okay, very interesting. I think our world might just be like the the name of like the the organization that like made the software. I think there was a special name for like what the software platform is actually called. Oh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, it looks like you guys are running a specific instance of it. Um, and yeah. there's other yeah. there are other time banks other that time use bank the same yeah. ourworld.org. Yes. Interesting. Right. Okay. Yep. So uh, let me make sure to get that link in our live stream chat so that yeah, we'll and I'm kind of sorry that like the I'm kind of sorry about like that like the website is it currently this might not look the prettiest right now. Hopefully, we'll be able to get somebody who can like you know, update it to lo- mm-hmm. the layout and like how it looks to me a little bit nicer. You mentioned me. What did you did you say? CSTimeBank.org is that correct? I, if I recall correctly, I think it's the URL. You know, oh, I have, oh, hold on. Tell me I again. CS. I'm sorry. CS. Yeah, cstimebank.org. Dot .org, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure other people will be able to find it. And then yeah. if they go to this Our World, maybe they could find other communities near them. Because if it's... Yeah, because it's, it, yeah, it's not just individuals who can become members of a time bank. You can also have nonprofit organizations and small businesses join as members of the time bank as well. Hmm, interesting. So, yeah, because um, yeah, I'm going there and I'm checking it out. I see that they have a map of a lot of different time bank areas. I'm looking in Texas, closer to me. And yeah. uh, I see one in East Texas with 11 active members. Nice. Now, now, that kind of, here I'm thinking I don't have community, but I went to this map, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and now I'm seeing they have not a lot of members, but 11 people is a pretty good, it's a it's a nice little community. Yeah. Uh, I could be the 12th. I think. Okay, so this is very this is very awesome to me. Um, so, how many people do you think are in your exchange? Uh, in terms of total memberships on the website, as far as I can recall, I think it's about like three hundred or so. Uh, right now, we all, because of the pandemic, though, we only have like about like maybe about twenty or so people who are active regularly. But that's mostly because of the pandemic. You know, it's a whole situation with that. Um, so, three hundred uh, is a big is a big group of people. Three hundred isn't that big because. If you consider that our whole city is like nearly a million people, and also like a small town is like usually like a couple thousand people, you know, so it's like, and like a lot of like, I mean, if you compare it to like a small business, sure, but a time bank isn't is more, but a time bank is a bit more like a marketplace than a, any particular organization in a way, you know what I mean? 
So, so when I'm on the website for your for your the Karen Share Time Bank in Columbus, Ohio, it says right up top, it has a like you know some way to keep track, and they put 281 members, 20,457 hours exchanged. Yeah, that's that's a good number of hours. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how many. So that is paid by say you paid fifteen dollars minimum wage <laughs> for yeah. each of these hours. That's yeah, pretty so good. This time bank, if I recall correctly, I think it was founded in twenty ten. I want to say something like that. I think it might have been earlier. Uh, do you know a little more about the history of it since you've been participating? Uh, the history. I don't really know very much about the history. The thing is, I actually just okay. joined like about like less than two years ago, like about like maybe a year or two ago, something like that. So. Like, I literally have not been around that long, so. Okay. Yeah, I know that sounds kind of weird considering everything I've been doing, but, like, like I like I was, like, I updated their, uh, I helped, I majorly helped with updating our orientation process in, the, in our uh, handbook and stuff like that, as well as, like, some of the social media messaging stuff, you know, but, like, the reason I was doing hours? Did what? you, I mean, time bank, did you get time bank hours for this work that you I did? I did, I did get, I got time credits for it, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Ariel, you could be getting time credits for all this time you're spending podcasting and helping us uh, get our podcast you started. You could. Oh, nice. Okay. So we could, maybe we should do a time bank just in our little podcast group, even though we're not physically close enough to do much more than, you know. <laughs> That'd be a good idea. We'd all be owing Ariel right now. <laughs> I mean, there are... I think there might be time banks that are like for like larger reasons. I think if I recall correctly, I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, but the thing is, like, you, like what I imagine is that if there aren't any yet, you could have larger scale time banks that sort of like connect like smaller scale time banks. If that makes any sense, like maybe like a regional time bank that connects a bunch of local time banks is what I'm sort of like imagining could happen. Yeah, it makes more sense to actually be local together because there's a lot more different skills you could exchange that are yeah, not all yeah. virtual skills. Exactly. Yeah. So, what kinds of things have you uh, have you had other people do for you? So far, let's see. Uh, there was one point where my my old computer broke, and so uh, one of the time make members ended up giving me a new computer that she doesn't use anymore. It was an old computer, not this one. It was a different one. Now it's my backup computer. Uh, but she like gave me a new computer, and she like brought it over, and I paid her a time credit for that. It was really nice of her. And then uh, another thing that somebody did for me once, I think, was uh, what else off on my head. I haven't really been spending my time credits really much since I joined because of the whole pandemic situation, you know. <laughs> so like, so I, you're just you're just sitting on a big stockpile of your own time bank credits now, like somewhere between like ten and twenty of them now. I think something like that, maybe a bit more. I'm not sure. I have to check again. <laughs> I, I kind of lost count. <laughs> interesting. So so you've used it to ask somebody to help you with technical support, for example, yeah. for your yeah. for your computer. And what, yeah. what what types of things you've been offering to work on the website or work on things for the organization itself? Yeah. Have you actually yeah. uh, had other people request your services? Uh, not like in the actual like official like request section of the website so far. So, well, no, there was one time where uh, I had posted an identical request and an offer saying, "Hey, does anyone want to learn how to play Magic: The Gathering? I can teach them. You know, I can like buy some uh, theme booster packs." Uh, so that people can learn how to play. There's a, oh, this cool. format, format I invented. It's like good for beginners. It's, and, and it's like easy to learn how to master called Steal the Theme Format, which is basically kind of like Keyforge, if anyone's heard of it. Uh, and it gets not. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's big like you the buy. The other more, I think. Uh, I mean, the first thing you said, I think I've heard of more. 
Yeah, so like with sealed theme format, you just buy a boost a theme booster pack, which includes thirty five spell cards, and it's like kind of random, so they're all different. And then you mix them with twenty five basic land cards, and then you have your deck. And then uh, you and your opponent, uh, at least if you're in person, you can choose you can choose whether you want to play your own deck or your opponent's deck. And if you guys don't agree, uh, then you bet uh, chains, so to speak, which are in sort of like an auction style to see who gets to play the deck that the wise wolves want to play of those two decks. And then you can just, uh, then how, then whoever wins that auction, uh, gets to, uh, has their maximum hand size reduced by, uh, as many chains as they, uh, bid. And then that just, uh, and then that goes down by one, and then they sacrifice one of those chains, uh, at the end of every turn. So. So has anybody, like, um, has anybody taken you up on this particular offer? Yeah. So, uh, uh, one of the uh, members of the Time Bank, uh, she reached out to me saying that her son would be interested, already knows how to play Magic, and he was interested in playing. It was going to be a different format. It was gonna be, we're either, since it's going to be over Zoom, this format that I had in mind isn't going to work. So instead we're going to do is we're either going to play Commander format, or we're going to play uh, Mini Sealed Theme format, which basically means that we're just going to each get three, uh, three, booster, three draft booster packs of the same set, so in this case Syndicar Rising, and we're going to open them and build our decks out of that. And it's going to be, uh, uh, 20 card decks and, and then however many basic lands we want to use. And then we'll just play using mini format, uh, basically. Uh, so yeah, it's like a smaller, faster version of magic. Um, and we're going to play over Zoom probably. Yeah. So this mom will give you one of her time credits <clears throat> for taking you up on the offer. I don't know because I posted it as both an offer and a request because it was something I wanted to give as well as something I wanted to get. You know, so I'm not oh, sure if it's going to be a request or an offer. I'm going to have to work it out with her, you know, see what she thinks. You know? I guess whoever is more grateful is going to be the one who's paying. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you might actually be the giver in this case. You never know. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have no idea which is going to be, what is going to be the, either, either, either I'll be the more grateful in which case I'll pay, or she'll be the more grateful one, which case she'll pay, or maybe it'll just be, or maybe we'll just like pay partial credits to each other, or, like we'll pay the difference. I don't know. We'll figure it out. For the for the children, I mean, it's definitely great to have um, people who yeah. are role models to, to teach the children anything that you know how to do. And so if yeah, you have well, a project, you know. Kids already know how to play. Pardon me? Yes. But kids I mean, it's sort of like. Play, so. Sure. But I mean, it also takes uh, an adult. I mean, I don't I don't think. Is her son an adult or a child? Uh, I'm pretty sure he's a kid. Based okay, on the way so you see, like, children know. need, like, adults to be able to do a lot of things, like. They would love to gather in the library and just play games together, but they need an right. adult to supervise and to, right. you know, sort of make sure things go smoothly and, and uh, just or be responsible if there's food all over the, the library or something, you know. So, like, right. we, we used to have these events at our local library, and they haven't been happening anymore because of the pandemic. Yeah. So there, well, there's no gathering quibble. anymore. Real quick quibble. Either an adult or a responsible older teenager. You know what I mean? Because, well, like... Because like well, it depends on what the library will accept because somebody has well, to accept yeah. the charges when when there's problems. So well, yes, but yeah. that's why I have to be a responsible older teenager. You know what I mean? Because people do hire like sixteen year olds to babysit their kids. At least they did back in the day. I don't know if they still do because our uh, whole society's educational like decay has probably caused a lot of uh, teenagers nowadays to be less mature than they were back in the day. But you know that's a problem that we can fix. Yeah. <laughs> And I could go so, into whole detail about the whole problem with our 
education system in the way in the rather despicable and evil way. You, you'll do that with me, Harry. When what? when you're you when I interview you on revolutionary thinking, that that's my cup of tea, man. So you're yeah. you're you're with the right people. Yeah, and you've got you. you've got the right person to uh, to bounce off of when you talk to Ariel. He often uh, talks about that at the podcast here. Um, but I wanted to find out if you you were thinking that we more of us should just start doing this. Yeah, and uh, we, even if we don't have a group, then what do we do if we we don't have one near me, for example? Supposing yeah. I find out this East Texans are all over the map, and the eleven people, like two of them, are are you know. Anywhere close to me, but everybody else is like, you know, three hours away because East Texas is huge. It's tremendously right, large. Yeah. So then, then like, you know, then yeah. it becomes a matter of what resources you have like access to in order to bridge those gaps. So, for instance, if you guys have like if you guys live that far away from each other, you guys are probably need some sort of transportation in order to reach each other in the first place. Which means you guys are if you guys want to like connect with each other and help each other out with stuff, you're going to need more transportation, like more fuel for your cars or whatever, you know. If you're living that far apart, if you're living that far apart from each other, you know, alternatively, you guys could like, you know, move closer to each other, like, you know, and sort of carpool with your, where you're living, if so to speak, you know, um, another thing is that like, even if you only have a few people who are nearby, even if it's only like 10 people or less, you can still form like a rudimentary time bank, like I said, without even using, without even needing a computer at all, like I said earlier, because like, you just, you know, post, you know, offers and requests on your front doors and stuff or even if you have like a even if you live in a neighborhood that like has a, like a local like a like a, what are they called uh those like uh sent like those community centers and stuff like that or like a country club whatever you know you can post offers and requests there probably and let's see who picks it up you know did you um so did the uh t- does your time bank have uh connections to the local churches or anything like that is it like churches are sponsoring this or anything like that uh, so right now, uh, we're uh, financially uh, getting our funding, I think, from uh, the, what's it called, the uh, uh, the, Unitarian Univers- the Unitarian Universalist Church here in Ohio, in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I don't know if we're going to stay that way like, or if we're going to continue that. Um, the Unitarian Universalist Church is basically a sort of a church where, like, they don't care what you believe, anyone can join, basically, um, which kind of has its pros and cons, of course. Um and I can go into that some other time. I'm not super familiar with them. I mean, I've known people who've gone to that, gone to there. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, I was kind of interested in that because I was wondering if it, you know, skews the participation towards certain, you know, groups of people. That's like what I'm kind of worried about, too. Because, like, I'm worried that it might mean, because the Unitarian Universal Church seems, like, almost like, because they accept anyone no matter what they believe, and, you know, that probably means they're more likely to get sort sorts of people who are probably, like, more liberal and diverse sort of cultures, you know, so we might have less conservatives there because of that, and that's something I'm a bit, bit worried about, because I don't want there to be, like, too much of, like, a political, like, skew that, like, could, like, make it difficult, because, like, people in different, like, cultures and in areas of different amounts of population density tend to have different, like, tendencies to specialize in different sorts of skills at different frequencies, you know? So, like, like we might, so if we end up, like, being too focused on, like, people in one area or another, like, people who are, like, more of one per- kind of culture over another, that could end up to leading to imbalances of what skills and what kinds of services are available and how and how, how often and in what quantities, how many people are available to fulfill each kind of service. You know what I mean? So, Yeah, I can see that. Um, like, uh, supposing you needed more uh, plumber support or a particular type of construction and there's just fewer people who, do, who are in construction or 
something like that. Supposedly. Right, because like even though there are, I'm sure, liberal plumbers, you know, they're probably more conservative ones than liberal ones. You know, so if you end up alienating too many, if you end up alienating conservatives, you end up not having enough plumbers. You know, <laughs> may still have some plumbers, but you won't have enough of them. You know. So yeah, um, do you have you noticed anything like that? What what are the uh, things that you see? Have you ever thought of something? I wish somebody had this skill and they just don't have it. We don't have any of these people here. To a large extent, yes, because of the pandemic. So we haven't really had really many of the services going on that we need to have, you know, because people are staying inside so much, not going out and meeting people to engage in these exchanges. There's only so much you can do over the internet on Zoom, you know? I mean, part of the problem, I think, is that, uh, and my generation probably has a bit more understanding of this than some of the older ones, but... um, Trying to grow grassroots infrastructure, or trying to grow any sort of infrastructure in an online exclusive environment, if you're not well known enough or have an authority, that's basically impossible. You know, you need to have like either enough authority or reputation to really be able to grow the internet exclusively. And I saw that, Harry. That's what I talked about right before we got off with uh, Sheridan, is the clout clout culture and that's why Mia talked about it and I, look like if I had like a million subscribers on YouTube yep. I, I I would like seek out people who like want to do this like I have but like I'm so disgusted personally at people who have these gigantic platforms and they have so much influence but they, they just want to like you know like a hog <clears throat> Just like suck up more and more and more instead of saying, you know what, I have abundance. Let me see what I yeah. can do for like others now. Time, I, I, I don't think know, they're doing yeah. that. I don't think they're all doing that on purpose. I think it's more a matter of network effects. Because like, yeah. the random person who doesn't have any clout, they don't know who that is. They don't know who that person is. They don't trust that person. They don't know them. They haven't shown themselves to be some. To, to they haven't necessarily shown themselves to be even if they have, even if they're capable, even if they know what they're doing and know what they're talking about. The person who has all the clout doesn't know that. You know, they don't know that because they haven't seen it. They haven't seen evidence of it because that evidence is not available to them easily because they don't have. Yeah, I, I agree. Away in the network, Harry. But let let me tell you here. This is a this is a my, m- m- microcosm and a macrocosm. Oh by yes. the way, because we we saw that happen with Yang on a national yep. on the national scale. That's exactly what happened with our guy. That's yep. exactly what happened yep. with Andrew Yang. But within our own movement in the Yang gang, some mm-hmm. people, I'm not going to say names. I'm not going to name any names. Some people are treating it as a popularity contest. And it's like, look, we saw that the presidential election was this popularity contest, not based on substance. Let's not do that within our own movement. Oh, yeah, of course. It, you know, right? <laughs> Yeah, the obvious solution to that is just to get people to, you know, develop the skills they need, both the social networking skills and right. the, you know, the education and the, you know, the perceptual, like, analytical yeah. skills and stuff. Well, to be able, to, rec- I, to be able in, in empathy and stuff, that they can recognize, right. you know, for one thing, who's, you know, and also Hold on, you two are keep talking at the same time. Oh, you're right. Let's, yeah. let's let uh, Harry finish for a minute. Because yeah, I, I felt saying, like uh, I, it was going for like over a minute. <laughs> yeah, we were both kind of excited. We were sort of like bouncing off each other to really even think. <laughs> uh, I was saying that like, you know, we need like people to learn better social networking skills and, you know, empathy skills and like uh, analytical skills and perceptuals, all that stuff so that they can, one, be able to tell the difference and reckon between like candidates that are like good quality and not so good quality. And two, 
you know, be able to, it also, like, well-intentioned, not so well-intentioned people who are actually, like, good for the job or not. Two, they need to be able to learn the social networking skills. They can promote the candidates they like to their friends and families and stuff. So communication skills as well, you know? Yeah. Okay, I, here, here's, here's a phrase. Let me just say this. The, mm-hmm. this, this is what we have to use. Substance, no. not spectacle. That, boom. Yeah. That? Substance, not spectacle. So much is on spectacle, and it's it's been the other way around. It's honestly yeah. been the other way around, right? <laughs> Yeah, in order to get I had an idea. Um, I just had an idea, okay? We were just, uh, Shale was bringing up Good Dollar and then this time banking and all. What if uh, we asked everybody to sign up for Good Dollar and give us their their first Good Dollar or one of their Good Dollars for the day that they attend our podcast? That would only be one. It would only, and they could definitely have it in the one day that they've signed up because they could claim it, right? Immediately. And we would have all of these incoming credits. And over time, you could just say, hey, you know, like, it's just a matter of keeping, it's like a keeping score. It doesn't mean anything to them anything to give it, right? Except for the time yeah. it took for them to sign up. So, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we should get, start. You probably have to get a good, the, what do you call them, good dollars? Yeah. Probably have to get them to catch on with a lot more people before the rest of the society uh, would recognize good dollars as as indicative of, uh, someone who has more clout or who can uh, be a hub for clout for other people. You know what I mean? What I mean is, but what I mean is uh, we actually have people who come on our show who are willing to give up their time to us even when they have a lot more clout than we do. Right. We know that we don't have a lot of viewers, but they're willing to come and talk to us because yeah. uh, w- they might reach that one super, you know, the super volunteer right. or they might reach the somebody right, they might just yeah. talk to someone, meet somebody d- that they really uh, enjoy you know, in their life. So uh, we've had a lot of people do that. And so I feel like if we just asked people for that one, you know, ask them for one good dollar, we'd be promoting that uh, particular yeah. exchange very quickly. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, you don't just get them to join a, like a regional or national time bank of some kind. And then you but, guys get like change time credits for that too. That's true. And would you, would you be willing to give us one good dollar or one time credit or something? you were attending our show or would you feel like we're the ones who need to give it to you because this is an interchange Uh, like you said i don't know uh i think i'd probably be the one paying the time credit to you guys in this case but it could go either way depending on how you guys feel (laughs) that's really interesting isn't it so we could we could do it the other way too it's usually like the people who want to get their you know stuff out there that usually pay the people who can give them a platform. Yeah, but we we can we can change that equation, but I think that's that's the yeah uh, yeah, yeah that that's the tradition. Or, well, or depends not, on like, how much know. each side wants what they're getting and what they're giving. You know what I mean? Like it, yes. and, that, and, and when you and you and when you increase and when you look at that at a larger scope, when you increase the level of scale you're looking at that kind of thing at, it starts to resemble, I guess you could say, scarcity and like supply demand sort of stuff. You know, because like I said earlier. Uh, Goods and services are just fancy formal terms for stuff and actions, you know? And stuff and actions are basically everything that we human beings do with each other or give or exchange with each other in the first place. So basically anything we do could technically, in theory, if looked on a large enough scale, be conceptualized in terms of supply-demand stuff. You know, it's just uh, our current economists and politicians have a rather incomplete uh, perspective on what counts as stuff and actions that can be measured. I guess. So I think in this case, um, I mean, I feel like that's the trick to these uh, cryptocurrencies and also the, uh, the, yeah. um, like the good dollar or things where it's yeah. 
it's, it, it doesn't have any value until somebody demands one, right? It absolutely, yeah. like you can give them away every day. Every day I'm getting one, but what good is it until somebody actually will right. receive it and needs or it or wants it? Or until somebody uh, takes advantage of those resources and proves they're used to everyone else. Which is where, like, we could create that demand by saying, "Hey, when you come on the when you mm-hmm. come on the podcast, you're going to give us one. That's all it. That's and yeah. then we've created although a demand I, for it." I, finally. Although I'd probably take it even way further than that. The thing is that okay. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize this, but um, imagine someone who uh, relies a lot on uh, intuition, imagination, empathy, and uh, organizational planning skills. To make predictions about how thing about how people are going to act and how society is going to develop. So someone like that, well, conventionally they'd probably be called a seer in the way people used to think of it. But if they don't have the analytical skills and the communication skills to be able to explain what they're imagining and what they're predicting in terms that the professional establishment types would understand, they just sound crazy, you know. Um, but if somebody has those intuition and imagination and empathy and organizational planning skills. And they team up with someone who's more of like an analytical, like research analyst sort of person. And then they have like a third person team up with them who's like can translate back and forth between them. They could basically like do really well at prediction markets. They'd probably be able to like dominate prediction markets entirely, get a lot of money very quickly before anyone even noticed that's what they were doing. You know, you could also do a similar thing with the stock market probably. Refluence, are you wanting to say something? You're welcome to unmute and talk without, you don't have to put your hand up. <laughs> Sorry, that's my thing. I like to raise my hand. That's fine. So, so what? Uh, was it? What is your name again? World Challenger. Harry. Harry, right? Yeah. Harry, what you're talking about is a, a think tank. So people like Elon Musk, like billionaires that already made it to the top of the curve, they they already have people like that. That people that you're describing. So when think tank think tanks exist because they want to make money. And the, the money is the ultimate challenge right here because time right. bank is not, not as popular as like actual money or like currency. Right. So the, the plan, the plan would be to, for you, it would like get the word out and like see if they like it or not and then try right. to go from there. Yeah. Although I would also say I, sus- I strongly suspect that most think tanks probably tend to focus more on employing people who have more hard skills, like analytical research skills rather than soft skills like empathy and intuition and imagination and stuff like that. And they probably don't hire as many like organizational planner sort of types too, because they don't realize that organizational planning skills could be useful uh, for like making predictions about things. You know what I mean? So at least that's what it, that's my impression so far. You know, I think that if the think tanks started hiring a lot of like those like more like soft skilled, like people have like good intuition and imagination and empathy and organizational planning skills, you know, to work alongside the research analysts, they could do, they could accomplish a lot more good, you know? So I know that might sound really weird to people in a mo- in our modern civilization who think that, like, oh, well, soft skills and, like, you know, people have empathy and intuition, imagination, organizational planning skills, like, you know, it's all just mumbo-jumbo, you know? They, that's the way people don't really think of it because it hasn't been explained to them in those terms, you know? Like, I, like, so I, honestly, feel like, reason, like mm-hmm. I honestly feel like the reason that the reason that people, the reason that Sandra gets ignored <laughs> is because she doesn't know how to explain her premonitions in a way that makes sense in naturalistic terms to the establishment professionals, you know? She just, she just sounds crazy because of that, you know? 
But if she had better analytical skills and better uh, communication skills and knew how to talk to the establishment professionals in a way they would understand, or if she had someone else who could translate what she was saying to them, then she wouldn't be ignored so much and people would actually listen to her. You know, and then even if she, and even if she wasn't perfect, even if she made mistakes, because, you know, she's using intuition and imagination and empathy and organizational skills and not, you know, the analysis, at the very least, you could have, you know, the research analysis being like, okay, so they just said something really interesting or concerning. We should look into this and see if they're right. You know, they could be wrong, but, you know, no harm in checking, you know? Okay, that's pretty awesome. Um, yep. So... So uh, now that you've done this time banking for a while and you feel like um, everybody should get involved with one uh, or maybe even start one of their own, what if you wanted to start one of your own? Would you go to this Our World and, you know, like start use, try to use their, um, what they've already created? Um, is that, you said that we can also just, you know, put up a, a sheet yeah, of paper. Yeah, it depends on what you want to do and what kind of, mm-hmm. like, time banking you want to have and what your fellow time makers, what your fellow time bank members, like, what kinds of things they want to do with it you know like it really depends on the wants and needs of the people involved and what they're trying to do with it i think you know what i mean because like because the time bank that uses like a a computer network as this medium is going to have like different like sort of like it's going to work a little bit differently than one that like just does it by like uh posting notices on their front doors and then their like community centers you know what i mean okay Uh... i feel like there's room for both and that they can like both be useful as well, like a variety of different platforms could have like different different pros and cons. Like, like I know that our world is a free one, you know, so it's like it has an advantage of like some others that might like cost money. You know, it's like some time bank software require you to like you know pay a subscription, you know, in order to like mm. see on the servers and stuff, and you need like more donations for that. You know, so it really depends on what people want. I would think that in our world, uh, for example, when you try to do something like this. Uh, yeah, could be run by the person who whoever's running it. Maybe it would just make it easy, make their life easier. Sure, and, yeah, like you, like you'd have the whoever is like the coordinator for the time bank can be the one like hosting it. That would be a good idea, I think. Like honestly, I feel like if like I feel like one of the issues that I can imagine being an issue is that if you're hosting a time bank in your city and the host of the server is like miles and miles and miles and miles away, you know, then like then if something there's if there's some sort of technical issues with the server host, you know, then, like, you have to contact the server host, and they don't even live in your city, they're, like, way far away, and they may have, like, a billion other time banks to have to worry about with those technical issues, you know? It would all, I feel like it would always be better if the server was either, like, if the, if the server host was either in the city of the time bank it's, like, for, or if you had, like, uh, if you had, like, uh, regions, like, sharing, like, their servers, or if you just had people doing things offline, or uh, blockchain, you know? That's my take on it. You know, people make you, uh, Do you guys usually uh, have some way of like uh, recognizing people? You know, for giving out like a little prize or some sort of uh, I don't know something that somebody who wanted to uh, do a lot of donating but did not a lot of receiving or something uh, could like put up there. Uh, yeah. What about people who? What if? What about people who are going to be just you know net receivers? Yeah. What if they don't ever get enough credits that they feel like they've deserved another, you know, service or something, but they really have a lot of needs that need to be met? Yeah, well, well... Can you go in the negative? Are you allowed to go in the negative and just continue? Uh, well, people can just give time credits to those who, like, are struggling, you know, like, like you can give someone a time credit for free. Like, there's nothing stopping you from oh. doing that. You can do that okay. if you want to do, you know. Um, but the thing is that, like... Uh, 
a lot of times people underestimate how capable they are and what skills they actually have available. A lot of things that they don't normally think of as skills that they can be used for helping other people. And they're like, oh, that's something I can do for time credits? Like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that. You know, that sort of thing, you know? So, you know, and, and I think that most people, you know, have something they can offer to someone else in any sort of, like, in some sort of exchange or relationship of some kind, you know? Anything that you can do for somebody else, you can do for time credits for the most part, you know? Like... What if you just want to pay for a time credit? Is that something that is possible right now? Like, say, I just... You know, I feel like I, I want to give something back, but I don't have time or I don't have a skill that I think anybody else really needs. So or, you know, I'm disabled and I really can't, you know, do anything extra right now. Um, can you can you just pay for something? Can you pay for a time credit like directly? You no, know, I think you just like request somebody to give you time credits if you're in need. I mean, you know, I think we have like a time credit fund for like new members or people who are like don't have enough time to like give. I think, like, if somebody's, like, really struggling, we can just give them time credits for free, you know, it's sort of, like, a until they get back on their feet. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not, like, that complicated like you're making it out to be, I don't think. You know, if somebody really needs time credits but they can't give any time, then it's, like, that's okay. We can give them time credits for free if they need it. You know, like, they can they can take things at their own pace and get back on their feet, and then, then they'll be more motivated because they'll be grateful, you know, to give back to the rest of us, you know, and, give, and do some things for us in return eventually you know like it's it's a local community exchange it's not like there's some sort of pressure like you must pay it back by this time like no <laughs> you know okay very interesting i i mean, uh, I mean normally people give mutual exchange in the sense of like you know i do something it's like i just do something for you for an hour i get a time mm-hmm. credit and then i pay it to somebody else they do it something for me you know like it's, it's like back and forth like i pay an hour i pay an hour credit to you you do something for me and then you have a time credit. Now you can use that somebody else to get them to do something for you for an hour. You know, so it's like, it's not that complicated. You know, it's, you know, e- even if you don't have, even if you don't have like blockchain, even if you don't have any way of like, you know, ensuring absolutely for certain that like nobody's like making any errors in their, like how they're recording their time credits. Mm-hmm. The owner system is enough to, is probably enough on its own to ensure that people aren't cheating. You know, because if somebody like lies or, if somebody lies about how much time credits they're spending or earning, or how many time credits other people are giving to, are spending on them, if somebody lies about that, or if they're wrong about it often enough, they're not reliable. People aren't going to want to exchange it with them as much. That's like a self-reinforcing like mechanism for making sure people stick to the rules and you know are honest about things. You know, and if somebody develops like a bad reputation or like by mistake, or, like somebody's mistaken for being unreliable or dishonest, well, they can just invite more people to the time bank who they don't have that reputation with. You know, mm-hmm. and then they can prove everyone else wrong and that, hey, I'm actually honest after all, you know, and reliable. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, so you're not really banned from the service. You're just, exactly. uh, you just get a kind of reputation directly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of so course, you don't have like a rating law, system. Of course, like, if you break the law, we can't handle that. You know, we, you know, if somebody does something illegal oh. or something like that, we still have to like get the police involved, that sort of thing. You know, so it's like, you know, but you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah. Uh, well, like, um, you know, do you have people running taxi service, for example, in the in the group? Uh, not uh, yet. You need a uh, ride we're, somewhere. We're hoping that we might be able to, like, I, like I'm hoping that we're going to be able to do something like that eventually. Like, get like 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 uh, people joining the time bank would be willing to like drive people around for time credits. But I don't know uh, how soon we're gonna, that's going to happen. And how soon we're going to like, happen at any kind of scale? Like I said earlier, we only have like 300 members right now. Only like 20 or so of them are like active right now because of the whole pandemic situation. So. You know, really what we have to do first to try to get like more like unemployed uh part time or retired nurses uh 
to start administering vaccines to more of our members and get more members in the first place. You know, that way, and then we could also, like, do that to sort of, like, take some of the strain off of the local hospitals and pharmacies, you know? And that way we can get mm-hmm. things off the ground faster and get, get it to people getting out more again, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, the vaccines, I think, are, are pretty heavily controlled at this moment because they don't have enough. So probably once there's enough for everyone and the supplies are not yeah. as constrained, they would be able to. Right now, I think it's all being scheduled. Like you have, you have to prove that you're eligible for the vaccine. Yeah, in that, places. that's the problem. Because like, mm-hmm. all, and honestly, I'm also worried about like the whole situation because like there was that time, if anyone recalls, when uh, the federal government illegally confiscated a bunch of masks and ventilators, mm-hmm. you know, from the states that the states ordered it, you know, and then the feds just swooped in and confiscated them like illegally. You know, that happened a while back. There was, like, a lot of, like, it was in the news, you know? Um, and I'm worried they might do the same thing with vaccines, you know? So um, I'm not sure they're going to do that, but it's something they might be able to do that I'm a bit worried about. So what we'd probably want to do in, adi- in addition to having, like, you know, people like who can distribute the vaccines and administer them, we'd also probably want to, like, get people in the time bank who, like, are, like, actually produce the vaccine. I don't know, like, what, who would have to ask for that? Like, what, like, what sort of job it is? Like, they're, like, some sort of, like, a, like, some sort of, like, research or, like, pharmacy, like, producer sort of thing, or, like, what's that job title called? Like, who's the who's the one who, like, produces vaccines? Oh, you mean, like, the pharmaceutical companies right now are, are the producers or pharmaceutical right. companies, what are the, like what Pfizer? Is the, and... What is the name of the position of the workers in those pharmaceutical companies who produce the vaccine, who have that expertise? Oh, well, vaccine uh, factories are very, com- are, are big operations. Right. So, who, yeah. all right, so then who all are the, uh, te- what are all the types of uh, worker positions uh, that are involved with producing the vaccines in vaccine factories? Because if we can, if we the know what you're looking for, are, what? The word you're looking for hmm? is vaccinista. 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 <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> wow. Vaccinista produces a vaccine. Wow. Okay. No, so I'm lying. It's a joke. Oh, you're lying? Yeah, like barista. <laughs> like barista. Yeah. Well, if, well if, vaccine, if the position of vaccinista is made up of a bunch of other positions, we need to figure out what all those positions are, you know, who all has the expertise combined so that we can get pe- get more people who, like, either work in that right now or who used to work in those fields, get them together and start their own grassroots uh, vaccine, vaccine production sort of uh, infrastructure. But vaccine the thing is highly regulated, and so it's very difficult for... We need to get, uh, need to get pro I mean, that's, that's, involved, obviously. I, I think, I think is the real world you're looking for research scientists? I mean, that's just what I would, would call them, right? The research scientists, the people who produce okay. vaccines, so who produce scientific breakthroughs are research scientists. Yeah. So okay. I, I, yeah, definitely. Then could, we, then could we just have research scientists join the time bank and have them produce vaccines? They can't do anything disconnected from the institutions that, you know, bankroll their studies, is the thing. Yeah. The, the, the vaccine uh, production is very, uh, is very expensive. Very, yeah. very expensive. Well, us, you need us, a factory us, that is... Allowed. Yeah, you, you need a... My father actually was an architect, and yeah. so he once uh, told me he was working on a project to... Produ- to um, he was drawing up the plans for a vaccine plant. And um, at the time, it was vaccines and it was a very expensive project and and it's yeah. because it's highly regulated and so you really can't get anything done without the whole corporate structure behind you hmm. um, and it's uh and it costs like it, it costs one chicken egg to produce one vaccine 
And so the millions of chickens and the chicken eggs that <laughs> were required to produce this flu vaccine was just ridiculously like, I mean, it's, Wait, but it and then like, in China yeah. for a while, they were, they were actually vaccinating chickens. They were vaccinating poultry with vaccine, which meant that they had to take one egg from each chicken. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it was Weird. just totally out of, it was yeah. out of proportion to uh, one chicken egg per vaccine. So, it's only yeah, when you and, add up to that, like millions and millions of chicken eggs that it becomes a problem. Right. I mean, yeah, but it's like it's not worth it for them to produce a pa- vaccine plant unless they can just produce like millions of vaccines in order to cover because that one vaccine plant, like Pfizer's plant, right, is creating mm-hmm. vaccine for like the entire country or you know whatever. So right, it's, it's, but what you would do is not you wouldn't be replacing those plants. You would be adding more people. You know, like you wouldn't be like you wouldn't be replacing those plants. Like the infrastructure, the grasses infrastructure bill would not be a replacement for that. It would be a supplement for that. So it's like you would be you would be making it that you could have more people helping to produce the vaccines. Obviously, they wouldn't be able to do all of it by themselves. They would have to like probably like work, you know, as sort of like a way to supplement what those factories are already doing. You know, that way there's more people who can help make the vaccines and distribute them. If you're only it's probably easier to get people to start up a small factory for PPE or other things, but vaccine is just one of those very highly regulated. areas. Because you're actually injecting things into people's hum- into human bodies, so there's a lot of right. regulation so, so, so if the, pro- so if the problem is that if the problem is that it's highly regulated because uh, people don't trust it, you know, because it's in, you know literally injecting something into people's bodies, you have to be careful about it. Well, for one thing, nurses have to have licenses, you know, and so in, if we make it so that people have to have licenses for like administering vaccines or producing vaccines too, then if they have the license, if they have the credentials. Why can't we just trust that, you know? And if that's not and if that's not going to work with our current legal, if our with our current laws, then either then maybe we just need to get some lawyers, like pro bono lawyers, involved yes. and see what they can figure out. So yes, we yeah, can get vaccines to people faster in larger numbers. I'd love to hear about your challenge to Andrew Yang, and then um, after that, maybe we can uh, get reflu- refluence. If you want to tell us a little bit more about the Venus Project. Um, we, I think we have a little time yeah. to discuss that too. So, well, let's uh, let's get to the uh, challenge that you have for Andrew for Andrew Yang. You said, do you want to sure. go ahead and do your thing? Okay. <coughs> yeah. So, um, first of all, I should preface this by saying that uh, I'm not a perfect person. <laughs> I'm a regular person with flaws, and one of those flaws, as you might have noticed over the course of this video episode that we're doing here, is that I have really bad chronic back and neck pain, which I've had almost a decade. I don't think I have Tourette's. Um, I've never been diagnosed with Tourette's. <laughs> I know my squirming looks a bit awkward and undignified, but that's not my fault, and it can't be helped. So I'm sorry if that makes people uncomfortable. Uh, I'm going to try to minimize that when I can, you know, but, like, sometimes I'll squirm a little bit. From, from the right. Yeah, you see, Harry, this, this is something that people don't realize. Everybody sees people, you know, with the tons of subscribers and... You know, the big houses and the really yes. fancy, you know, video setups. But and who never swore at all when they're talking. Yeah, do, do they do they really show what happened before that, you know? No, they the don't. Time and energy that had to go in again and again, over and over, the practice, mm-hmm. everything like that. So, so then people see, you know, the finished product. And yeah. you don't see all the pain and sacrifice and yep. hours and time and money. And yeah. so, you know, um, they, they, they get influenced by that. And then they look at themselves and they say, well, then who am I? 
who, who am I? And, and, yeah. and that's, that's the thing that this clout culture uh, produces. Yep. And the, 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 the good news is, is that now some people are really looking for that genuine authenticity and yep. nothing has to be, you know, 100% polished. Yeah. The, let me, let me tell you guys. I mean, I show yep. this, this, uh, this podcast, you know, to my own mother now, and she sees it, and then she says, "Like <clears throat> just yesterday, she 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 was talking about that thing on your head, shale." And then I'm like, "Okay, what? It, yeah, the, it looks like a blanket. <laughs> I don't I don't know what what is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I even, I sort of kind of noticed that, but like it didn't really yeah, think about it. exactly. It's a, bl- and, it's and a blanket. Then, it's a wearable right. blanket. They right, call it exactly. a snuggie and, and yes, yeah, or there a you go. blanket. It's like shrooms, shroom shroom blanket." Yeah, yeah, whatever. But but my point I, is, I will it's, uh, it's, refrain it's, from commenting on that. Right. It, it's, 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 oh, it is. Okay. Yes, that's right. And, and that's then, and then you, you see that. But the critics, <laughs> when, like you, the critics though, the critics don't start. You know, they don't do anything. It's so easy to be a critic. It's so easy to mm-hmm. you know complain about something or say that this I don't think this is awesome or that's good or this. But it's like okay, then what have you produced? And they're like, mm, I, I don't know. It's like, okay, but you can only provide criticisms, but you've really never done anything. So that's it. I mean, I mean, you're, you're never going to Or they're giving criticisms even though they have done something because they don't want to admit their own flaws. And then they'll look bad. They're trying to be, yeah. they're being defensive, you know? Exactly. I think that like, like, like most of my life, most of my life, I was like a, I was basically a toxic dumbass and a, Paranoid lunatic. You know, I was a nutcase for most of my life. So, like, <laughs> I grew out of that for the most part. But the thing is, like, e- like anyone who wanted to smear me, they have a, a frick ton of ammunition, of real ammunition they can use. They would not have to make anything up. They could just, like, look over my history and uh, at my social media history and find all sorts of things where I either said something ridiculously stupid or crazy... Or things where I just was really upset and said something really mean and uncharitable in the heat of the moment when I was upset, you know? So, like, anyone who wanted to smear me, they could do it easily. I'm, like, probably one of the easiest targets they could get, you know? Like, and the thing is, like, I'm not, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not a threat to anyone. I'm trying not to be a threat to anyone. I don't want to, like, hurt anyone. I don't want to, like, I, I'm not, like, wanting to be, like, a threat to anyone's power or, like, well-being or status or anything like that. But I just want to make, you know, like, I want to help people, you know? Like both on both on the ground and at the top, you know, because like you know, well, humanity forward. This is making yeah. it very difficult to uh, to clip sure. out your uh, your speech here if we get interrupted in the oh, middle. Oh, sorry. So yeah, yeah. Can we well, go ahead well, and give you a, 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 a like a block of time to actually sit, give the whole speech. Right. <laughs> sorry. So, about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's let's get you back to what we were talking about, and we'll we'll be able to clip it for you better. So, do, sure, where yeah. do you want to start so you can have it all inter- uninterrupted? Like, in- sure, yeah. Um, okay. So, I'll just start off by saying again that um, I'm not a perfect person. I'm a regular person with flaws. One of those flaws that have really bad back and neck pain, which causes me to squirm a lot. Uh, I don't think I have Tourette's. I've never been diagnosed with Tourette's. Um, that's not, and I, so sometimes I look a bit awkward and undignified because I squirm a little bit from back pain and neck pain. So, sorry if that looks a bit uncomfortable. Uh, for people, I, not my fault. It can't be helped. You know, I'm not a perfect person. I'm. I have flaws. With that said, <laughs> with that out of the way, um, <clears throat> Mr. Yang, even though we don't know each other personally, you're one of only three people 
who's ever even come close to being a role model to me. Ever since I joined the Yang Gang in the middle of 2019, I've kept trying to convince your other supporters to stand on your shoulders rather than just kissing your feet, to no avail. Everyone keeps putting all their eggs in one basket rather than covering their bases. There's more than one path to UBI. But hardly anyone ever believes me about that. Probably because they think, well, if that were true, then Andrew Yang would have already said so. And Andrew Yang would have already been on top of it. It's crazy. You're a great guy, a genius, but you're still just one guy. You're not perfect. You make mistakes. Yet people keep talking about you like you're this deus ex machina. It seems like you've become the poster child of UBI. It's symbol and face. From what I've seen, many, if not most, of your other supporters seem to pin most of their hopes on you, not on themselves or each other. And I know that's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's theirs. It's the fault of this culture that tells people to listen to their leaders, but not to their neighbors. And that isn't sustainable, because if the leader and face of a movement isn't available, a movement that has pinned most of its hopes on that leader will suffer for it. Right now, I seem to see a lot of your other supporters who are willing to bet everything, literally everything, on the outcome of one mayor campaign. Everything! The entire future of this country, whether we get UBI or not, on the outcome of one symbolic battle. That's not sustainable. New York City should not have to bear the burden of responsibility for the entire country on its shoulders alone. You will be an amazing mayor. And after that, you'll be an amazing president too. But until you're in the Oval Office, the rest of us still need to pick up the slack. The rest of us still need to take responsibility for our own shit, rather than pinning everything on you. Because as the future mayor of New York City, you're going to have enough on your plate just having to worry about New York City. You shouldn't have to worry about the rest of the country at the same time. The rest of us need to pick up the slack so that you can focus on being mayor without needing to worry about the rest of us. Unfortunately, when I try to explain this kind of thing to people, it usually goes right in one ear and out the other. They don't listen. They don't take it seriously. They don't change their minds nor what they're doing. Probably because I'm just some stupid nobody who's not trusted and therefore has no voice and no say in what happens. Because I'm a neighbor rather than a leader. Because I'm a neighbor rather than a leader. And people think that means that I'm not worth listening to. I'm just some random, ignorant, half-autistic ward of the state with a BA in English and no other credentials. And I'm not Andrew Yang. There's more than one path to UBI, and I'm going to prove it. As a member of the Karen Share Time Bank and as a resident of Columbus, Ohio, I challenge you, Mr. Yang, to an economic recovery duel. If your city gets back on its feet first, you win. But if my city gets back on its feet first, I win. And if both our cities get back on their feet at the same time, or close enough to the same time, that it's difficult to tell which of them did so first, then it'll be a tie. The outcome will be determined by a combination of three categories. Common sense, public consensus, and at least a minimum satisfaction of key statistical indicators on the American scorecard. You know, the scorecard that you suggested to replace the GDP with during your first presidential campaign. You're more of a numbers guy than I am. So I leave it to you to choose what counts as the key statistical indicators 
of whether a city has gotten back on its feet yet or not. I trust you to make a reasonable determination on that. These are the terms of my challenge. Mr. Yang, do you accept? All right. Well done. Good job. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming coming to uh, do that on our on our program. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Glad to oh, be here. you got a you got claps from uh, Ariel over here who turned on his camera for a second. Yeah, <laughs> and I see that Kai just joined us for the end of of your uh, speech, and it's available in our live stream chat. I think for anybody who wants to read it, awesome. Um, separately at a different time. This is what we need. We need more people like you, Harry, like willing to step up, willing to be leaders, willing to have an imagination, to have creativity, to have ideas, and, and not willing to be just zombies, not willing to kiss the feet, and, and, and willing yep. to stand on the shoulders. I mean, let's, let's do yep. this, man. Let's do yeah. it together. And I will also note that uh, since my economic recovery plan does not depend on me having authority, I don't need to have authority. I don't need to give orders. I don't need to have subordinates or followers. You know? So it's like... So it's like, I can lead from below. You know, I don't right. need to have, like, people following me or, like, yeah. give orders to. So it's like, I... Your, your plan is primarily to join, uh, for everyone to join the time banks and to create an economic recovery peer-to-peer. Exactly. With or without a UBI. It's, yeah. It's like, we're, we're well, all we can set up at the end of it where we can sort of, like, well, eventually we're going to want to get to the point where we have enough people in the time bank where we can sort of, like, uh, have pe- pay people time credits to set up a local foundation which can write grant proposals or make phone calls to investors to request that funding for UBI for the entire city. So, so you, know, you can work on a UBI for your city without going, without becoming the politician, without exactly. having to become the mayor, without, without even mayors for a UBI, yeah. you can do it as an individual in your right. Town. Just send grant proposals to investors to request it. If you have enough people, you know, then you can make, then you can split up into multiple requests or many requests and then, and then, like to, it up. yeah, I'm going to take your uh, proposal to uh, our friend Faye Doni, who is wanting to set up a UBI in the town of Fort Deposit in Alabama, which is a small town. Nice. Look, if, if every single one of us had this kind of like leadership mm-hmm. and baldness kind of energy, I yeah. mean, we'd, we'd see it just proliferate throughout you know everywhere and we we wouldn't we wouldn't be kind of like waiting for orders or waiting for permission or for, or, or that in. right it, it's like everyone's just waiting for some big hero to swoop in and save them but they don't need that you know like honestly yeah. i feel like it's not for the fact that like almost everyone like our independent thought and our creative planning skills and our like initiative and like you know, problem solving. Like all of that was just like stamped out of that. Most of us would have it stamped out of us by the schooling system and by our parents, by our cultures. Yes, which taught us not to aim too high. You're speaking so, my language, man. You're definitely speaking my language. I feel like that's probably been the case for like most of human history to a large extent. You know, because like until yes. very recently, we did not have the tool, all the tools and conditions in place to actually make this possible. You know. Like we we have the internet, we have social networks, we have social media, we have like the entire like records of like our entire species like knowledge and accumulated experience like at our fingertips, you know. Like if somebody, if, and I was just saying this to uh, uh to Faye the other night, but like if somebody if somebody does not know if somebody needs to learn a skill, 
they just need to learn the skill, or they can ask somebody else who has the skill to help them. You know, they, or if they don't know who to ask, if they don't know who to ask, they can reach out to other people they know and say, hey, do you know anyone who knows this, how to do this, you know? Yeah, yeah, Harry. Like, what's a bigger plague than coronavirus and what has been the biggest plague ever since human history, in well, my book, is, 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 is blind followership. Yeah. And, and I could never, I never I could stand it. Ever since, like, Ellie celebrity culture, I didn't like it. Just people just treating politicians as celebrities. I didn't like it. I think, like, I I call blind followership zombieism. Like, really. And and no more. Like, like I'm done, man. So I call it learned helplessness and cultural depression. Yes. People aren't just being stupid on purpose or anything. It's learned helplessness and cultural depression. You know, people have... Our whole civilization, our species, has experienced a lot of really crappy shit over the past 100,000 years, you know? So it's like, of course, there's going to be a lot of learned helplessness and people, like, not thinking outside the box and trying to keep their heads down in order to not, like, you know, like, cause conflict and, like, upset each other and stuff. But the thing is, we don't need that learned helplessness anymore because we now have the tools at our disposal and the conditions and the skills available to start climbing our way out and to start... You know, building right. things up without and, without making and, things worse. And and I like to think and, and then and then there's sometimes when the, the, the bucket of craps thing or the or I like to call it like the 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 um reanimated hand out of the grave that when you try to walk away it like you know catches onto your foot and doesn't let you walk away. Right. We, don't, we don't need to we don't need to stand for that either if there's enough right. of us. If they right, and, and like, they just rip that hand out of the ground as it tries right, to Right, yeah, yeah, chop it off. The thing, you know, you know what? What I felt, I felt that when Andrew Yang was campaigning, like that hand from the grave that was like catching onto my foot was finally like broken, and I felt. Yep. But then when when Yang, Andrew Yang's campaign was done, that hand just came right back and like attached itself back yep, to like that. all of our feet, and it's a, an illusion. Yep. It's an illusion, man. Yep. And 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 there's 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 no like 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 this the collective depression some of us all felt when he stopped uh, running and he announced yep. that he was suspending that didn't need to exist. We I know. Said, we'll we'll just we'll just get the torch. He didn't die. He he you know yeah, like exactly. Like, and, and like honestly, yeah. like it's not like in, in most people like. It should not have required, it should not have required a pandemic hitting for us. We should not have required a pandemic in order to get, in order to, in order to start waking up, you know? And, and, and and what I, what I couldn't stand is when everybody went back to their silos, especially with, with, uh, with Manny. Well, my God. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't have put it, put up names out there, but then everybody went back to their red and blue team, uh, Trump Biden side. Yeah. And I just wanted to puke at that point. Like, I, I felt oh, wait, now I have a, I have some interesting news to share with you though. Sure. Um, you probably, uh, it may not make any difference to either of you, but, uh, some, uh, I would like to let people know, cause I used to, um, participate in a lot of the Democrat, uh, organization in our, in our local area, and I tried to join the club, and I was the youngest person. Uh, some of our listeners may know this. Uh, I was the youngest person in the group, and I'm 46. Wow. <laughs> so all of my local Democrats were older than me, and uh, I, you know, here I am, the youth. 
I'm representing the youth. I'm like, two generations are missing here. You know, <laughs> I've got grown children who are 20, you know, so. Yeah. Like, so I'm, I'm like, okay, let's. I'm 27. Yeah, and so. And I basically, all the other active members of my time bank are older than me. Like, most of them, like, like, and they're, like, at least in their 50, you know? So wow. it's like, well, where yeah. are, Where's the younger people? I don't okay, know. That's, so that's not good. I think uh, most, but let's, most of them, like, aren't, like, going to the Zoom Zoom meeting since the pandemic started, it seems like. Well, I don't know how many younger people we had in the time bank originally before I came along, before the pandemic hit. I don't know. You know? So okay, I see. Uh, but anyway, but uh, you know, while I was participating in these local groups yeah. that are all older than me, um, you know, they they sort of saw Andrew Yang as being, you know, like, oh, well, you know, some new new guy can't, comes along. Uh, they don't really put a lot of stock in this one, you know, because they've got somebody that they're already uh, familiar with, and they want that one. Right. So the, almost everybody in the group wanted Biden. And I was like, well, okay. And maybe a few of them were like, maybe Bernie, you know. And I'm like, these are older people voting for older people who they know and trust. They don't know who Andrew Yang is. So, so here, yeah. So here we go. Um, and I'm like, uh, okay. So, uh, I'm one of the few people in there talking about Andrew. I had a friend of mine who who uh, became a very good friend. Okay, and he's in his seventies. And uh, we did a lot of politics together, spent a lot of time together this past year. And today, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he says to me, he gets, starts saying he, how excited he is about UBI. He's like, you know, he's telling me all this stuff about UBI. I said, my goodness, it sounds like he's, you know, it sounds directly straight out of Andrew Yang's campaign. And here we are. We've been hanging out for a year. Why did it suddenly just happen? I said, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm the UBI girl. That's why you're telling me, right? So, so I said, why, why all this sudden interest and sudden, you know, adoption of this, this idea? He's like, well, you know, my brain fog cleared. You know, he said, once Biden was in, was actually the president, he said that, that, you know, the fact that, um, you know, the fact that, uh, he became president and the, you know, the Proud Boys or whatever, the first insurrection didn't take us down as a country, right? Now he's able to actually think about anything else. Like before that, it was all about just we just had to, you know, change the the leadership up at the top. But now that that's done, he's like, now I can actually think, you know, about other things. And and then I was like, there were two other there were two other things that that contributed. So I've been telling him about UBI and it just made no no difference to him because, you know, here's a young person who's a woman. I think it's because I'm a woman, you know, and the fact that I'm young. So or younger, uh, you know, he just, it just wasn't going anywhere, but he, he was trying to invest in lemonade. You know, the lemonade stock is, uh, is, uh, it's a company that does, you know, new, new style, of like insurance. So he was listening to this, to the founder of that, the CEO, whoever, you know, tell about why you should buy lemonade stock. And he, and in this speech, the, the person who was the founder, um, mentioned UBI was asked a question wow. and he was like, well, you know, UBI is going to be necessary going forward. And he explained it about, you know, automation and things like that, exactly the way Andrew would have. Yep. Right. And so now, now that my, now my, <laughs> my friend is parroting, you know, what this other person said, because they've got the, like you said, you know, talk <laughs> about who's got the, you know, who's got the audience, right? Because they yep. have, you know, the credentials to say it, you know, I could say the same thing. It just doesn't go anywhere. And then yeah. finally, the third the third prong of what made him like really turn around is that he's trying. He just sold like a bunch of trees that he cu- that he culled from his property. So he you know gets the lumber people to come 
and they cut down the trees and, you know, make sure that the land is safe. So they have to do this on a regular basis once it gets overgrown. The good news right? is, is that we have UBI's foot in the door. Even though those stimulus checks were a little means tested and were a little bit like, uh, like maybe not universal universal, that foot is in the door. It's $1,800 that may have saved people's lives or livelihoods or made yep. them happy and stuff like that. Now, if we keep hitting and then, and then they owe us another 1400 for the 2000 if we keep pounding on that drum, Andrew Yang or no Andrew Yang, it's, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah, But see, even those things, like he got his first stimulus check, and it still wasn't making him think UBI. But what happened was he tried to sell the trees on his land, as he normally does every so often, right? After a certain amount of time, your trees get overgrown. And uh, the arborists usually pay him for the lumber, because they're taking lumber off of it by cutting down the trees, right? And he said that they were paying him half as much as they used to. While in the meantime, if you go to Home Depot, right, or if you go somewhere to buy lumber... It's twice as expensive as it used to be before the pandemic. And so you've got this situation where, like, obviously somebody's making bank, right? And he said, but he noticed that when they came, they had a lot fewer people than they, than they used to because now they have these giant machines that cut down the trees for them. And they, they do all of this, you know, they even strip the branches. They didn't ever, the machines didn't used to do these things. And so now you just get a better machine and you pay fewer people. And then in the meantime, you're, you're paying less while, while charging more, right? So the, he's like, they are making bank, right? They're making yeah. a lot of money. I think yep. this is, this is yeah. it. Like people are starting to wake up because, because yep. after Biden's in, then that momentum of like hating Trump and like being for Biden, we need to save the country. Then people are kind of like, well, things still suck. And then it, it clicks, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, yeah, the, it's it's changing the world and and uh, by, you know, for us, maybe I've, I feel like I wasn't heard. Right. But I think for yeah. sure the fact that I think about it and talk about it predisposed him nonetheless <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to be open to this idea. Right. Comes to you and says to you, aren't you glad I thought of that? <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I will also note that, like, <clears throat> part of the problem is also that, like, we've been, you know, stuck in this culture war, you know, because, like, I think part of the reason for it is because, you know, about 400 years ago, uh, we cataloged probably our first uh, foundational method, the scientific method. And that method enabled us to build all this, like, advanced infrastructure. The problem, though, is that the scientific method is really only good for the kind of infrastructure that involves uh, solving mysteries. They're like deep generalizable mysteries. So it's like if you're if the problem your infrastructure is trying to deal with isn't a mystery, if it's a different type of problem, scientific method doesn't work as well for that. So you end up having but if you don't have any other methods, you end up having to rely on the scientific method anyways for that. Which means you have to stretch the definition of the problem you're trying to solve in order to make it sound as if it were a mystery. So you end up with all these like giant, incompetent, sluggish bureaucracies who like who, like, they think they're better at their jobs than they really are because they're, <clears throat> because they're relying on a bullet point list of instructions that was given to them by, like, scientific research telling them how to do their jobs instead of just learning how to do it directly from an experienced practitioner in their field and then practicing the skills. So because of that, and because, like, and if you treat everything as a mystery, even when it's not a mystery, 
you end up getting it takes a much lot more time for people to get good at whatever it is. Right, right. Well, that's that learned helplessness that you're talking yep. about. Yeah, yep. because, this because, is, because this is especially prevalent in like court systems mm-hmm. and juvenile systems in particular, like foster care systems. You have yep. a whole bunch of people making a whole bunch of assumptions on whatever mm-hmm. they think they're seeing, but they're missing key underlying factors that yep. are easily obfuscated right. that that would elucidate actually what's really going and, on in any given and, situation. And, and who, yep. who does that benefit when they're missing that stuff? The current powers that be. Well, it's not just a matter of who it benefits. Turn it around. Planet. Turn it around. The reason they're benefiting so much from it is because this. The reason, the reason that they're benefiting so much, it's that they're benefiting so much because this is the way the infrastructure was built. If the infrastructure wasn't built because they wanted, because they wanted to have all this power for themselves. The infrastructure was built first. We got the scientific method first, which allowed us that scientific method allowed us to na- build all this infrastructure, which allowed power to concentrate like that. Because we didn't have other foundational methods that allow that would allow us to solve other types of problems and build other kinds of infrastructure. Which would be more effective in those types of skills, you know? So, like, we, so, like, imagine, for instance, instead of relying on the scientific method for literally everything, consider there are other foundational methods. Like, for instance, uh, my brother Alex Weisenfels, last year he cataloged the diplomatic method, which basically works like this: Step one, understand your own values and concerns. Step two, understand the values and concerns of the person you're talking to. Step three. Frame the situation so as to reconcile your values and concerns with theirs. Seems pretty simple and obvious on the surface, but then again, so was the scientific method, you know? And this diplomatic method, it could allow, it could allow you to, it could allow two small, to maintain trade relations with each other independently, without corporate oversight, without the big corporate middleman inserting himself into every single transaction they have with each other. So you could end up with people in those two small towns. You know, going back and forth between each other, you know, buying and selling things to each other, yeah. like, you know, like but, delivering things to each other, orders, whatever, you know, they could, you could have a it, lot more. It's ironic you say that, Harry, because the corporate middleman is like the biggest welfare queen, or in this case, mm-hmm. welfare king on the face of the earth. That's like yep. amazing. They're the most parasitic, useless, good for nothings. While yep. all of these people are like unnecessarily suffering, like like all these like yep. transaction fees and overdraft fees from banks, pure parasitism. Parasitism, if yep. that's a and word. If like, had if if more people had the diplomatic skills to be able to negotiate with each other and make those transactions with each other without the middleman, they wouldn't need the giant corporate middleman, you know, mediating between them. They wouldn't need that mediator anymore because they could do that themselves if they had the skills well, to do it. That's the thing is government was supposed to, um, you know, help us to do bigger and better things by creating more trust among among humans. But instead, they're spending a lot of time making you mistrust each other and uh, putting all the trust into these corporation type things that, that you that are being yeah. created. And so stopped. in the meantime, uh, because- you know, we've been told we can't trust anybody else because everybody else are thieves and uh, petty and have, yeah. you know, are sim- have sinful natures. Because I think church also it's, plays it's into called it. Projection. There's a psychological term for that called projection. Everybody else is bad, but when we ask ourselves, would we do that? 
everybody's perfect, right? Yeah. We're all like, we don't, we, we, I would never steal from someone. I would yeah, never you know, do you know, you don't things, that. everybody else. Yeah. The first time I went uh, by my, I, I, I left my, you know, parents place, just my family by myself. I went from California to Washington, D.C. And I remember the first time I went hosteling, I was like in the room and I, I didn't lock my stuff like my big bag with all my clothes in it all these thoughts were going through my head like how if they steal my clothes how if they like touch their money and then and then like i woke up and then the next day i was like what the hell was i so scared of hang on a second would i ever do that to them would i just like open up their stuff and like steal (laughs) it and take it like how comfortable would that be for me if i like tried to like do one of these things to these people wouldn't i feel weird wouldn't i feel awkward and then all the tension even though the first time traveling by myself kind of just melted away yeah i mean i'm not saying naively like that like well even our social services i don't know but like yeah, I'm not I'm saying trust everybody, but I'm just saying, like, at that Hold on, time. let's let Harry speak for just a moment, and, and sure. then we'll have Kai. Let's go. Yeah, and I, and I guess, and I guess, and, and I think that, like, if we, if we use, so, like, like I was saying with the diplomatic method, like, you could use that to, like, build that kind of more, like, you know, small town infrastructure where you could, like, have two towns maintaining their own trade relations with each other without the corporate middleman having to insert themselves into every, into every transaction, you wouldn't need the corporate middleman to mediate it, you know? So, like, so the thing is, like, and what you were saying, uh, uh, what you were saying, uh, Faye, about how, like, governments are supposed to be there to, like, you know, maintain that trust and to help mediate things. Um, the problem is that there's not enough people, you know? Like, the the, the big, like, federal government stuff, like, that's, like, so centralized. Like, this is, like, tiny, like, minority of people working in the federal government compared to the entire rest of society, you know? So, because we don't have enough people, you know, in the local governments, in the regional governments, who have the diplomatic skills, you know, to go back and forth and maintain those relationships, you know? So it's like, with the diplomatic method, you can get more people doing that. You could have more power in the local governments, because they would have, they'd be better able to manage themselves. They wouldn't need to always go to the big national governments or to the big corporations, unless it was a really serious situation where they really needed that kind of help, you know, where they actually needed... Like, if it was, like, an emergency or something that involved, like, a bunch of different local places, you know? But if it were just two local towns, they could just do that themselves, usually. Hi, did you have a response also? <laughs> you have to bear with me. I'm starting to, trying to find, figure out how to use my new equipment. So, um, okay. I was just going to say that, like, I think the benefit of time banking is filling in the gaps where social services fail regularly. Yes, very um, much. And uh, so the real question I have, though, is, how does time banking affect people? Because the way the IRS code is written, even bartering has a value, and you're supposed to declare that on your taxes. How does the time bank yeah. organization handle those kinds of questions? If I recall correctly, the, the last last time that the IRS like thought about like this sort of stuff, uh, they decided that like time banks uh, don't need like that kind of like regulation because like they're not bartering, they're not straight up bartering. You know, they're still involving, like, some sort of currency, even if it's a loose form of currency, you know, time credits. So it's not straight-up bartering. And technically speaking, even though it's not really enforceable, bartering, like, straight-up bartering, that's actually illegal, if I recall correctly. You know, because, like, it's considered, like, you know, because the whole, like, thing about... (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? It's ridiculous. But, like, and I can look again to see if if I'm remembering correctly, but I think that, like, actual straight-up bartering is illegal because it comes into, like, 
know, labor laws and stuff where it's yes. like somebody's working for free or offering something for free, you know, for something, or for, if they're offering something for like, that's they're not getting compensated by money, by currency, if they're not getting currency in exchange for what they're doing, then that, the conventional wisdom is that, you know, that's an easy way to exploit that, you know, because if somebody's like offering the same exchange over and over again for the same, and you know, like if somebody's like saying, hey, I'll mow your lawn if you give me food in exchange, and they do that again and again and again, well, that's kind of slavery, you know, at least if they're only doing that and not doing anything else, doing, you know what I mean? Because, like, in the, conventional, in the conventional labor economy, people only have one job. In the conventional labor economy, each person only has one job, one job, and no others. So they don't have that, like, so, so, if, so then they only have one employer. That one employer has a monopoly on their service, you know? And if that employer has a monopoly on their service, then they, then if they're, then if the employee is being, is, is receiving something other than money and something other than money in exchange, if they're receiving something that can't be exchanged for whatever else they need, then that's slavery, you know? But right, because it's like again, you're working for the company. Well, the company provides housing. With, yeah, with Go the ahead. miners, the miners in the company store. So yeah. but then the government mm-hmm. said that that was okay, which was disgusting, but it has happened yeah. in our history. Yeah. They said it was the, okay? What? Yeah. My brain is just exploding right now. The reason it's different than the cat when we had... Well, remember Jacqueline when she called the uh, the thing about the Battle of Metawan or whatever the hell it was called? Like, they, they thought, like, the, those miners thought that, like, I don't know if it was like Roosevelt or something. I don't know who the president was at that time. The miners yeah. thought that they, they were coming to get, that, that the federal government was coming to help them, but they were actually coming to hurt them. It's corrupt. Oh. It's corrupt as like, yeah. F, you know, it's, it's, yeah. no, like they've, that, that was evil. That was freaking yeah. evil. And we have to call that out. And I will say also that like, the reason that working in a time bank is different than working for an employer normally is because in a time bank, you you're not under any sort of obligation to provide the same service to the same person over and over and over again, and you can choose who you give service to. You know, so like you give you spend one hour helping someone else, you don't have to help them again. You know, you don't have to help them again doing the exact same thing over and over and over again for like some regular schedule. You don't have to do that. You can just like help them for an hour and be done you know, with whatever it what whatever it was. You know, so it's like consider the difference between like starting a restaurant business and like working in a restaurant compared to just like cooking a home meal out of your own home for your neighbors for one time credit. Or consider the difference between working for a clothing store and selling clothes in your garage sale to people. Or for instance, another example would be like the difference between like, you know, cutting hair as a barber in a barber shop versus just like if your neighbors know that if your neighbors know that you know how to cut hair and they know you know how to do it safely, you can do it you can do it for your friends and neighbors for one time credit. You wouldn't have to like do this like big centralized operation. You could just do it as a one-off, you know. Yeah. Well, I think we're we're uh, reaching the end of our time together, and so I wanted to give everybody a chance to um, do a closing, and also uh, refluence. I think uh, we're going to have to table the the discussion on the Venus Project yeah. till another time. Do you want to uh, take a day? Do you want to take a day and uh, do some research and then be our expert on this and come tell us about your about the Venus Project because it's yeah, such a big. It's a very well. You can just look it up online, and uh, maybe you know maybe, we've had uh, someone from the Venus Project on this program. Did we? Who, yes, we really? <laughs> that <laughs> was uh, during the, the heady days of of, uh, of co-producer Jeremy. 
Okay. Link the website for whatever it is in the Discord server. That way, you know, I can click on it. I can see it myself. I guess you know. Okay. Uh, well, so I guess that's how I know a little bit about it. I guess, uh, but I I just assumed that I was yep. uh, it's just random research I had done. But uh, the the Venus Project is very interesting. It says beyond politics, poverty, and more. And so, um, if if we wanted to to uh, you know come back around and talk about that again, Refluence, you can you know schedule a day where you can be our special speaker and come tell us uh, you know something that you yeah, you know about. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. And uh, so let me let me go ahead and find out from Harry. Is there any way you would like people to? Uh, reach you by social media or something where they can, you know, continue a conversation with you if they wanted to talk about what you sure, yeah. uh, challenge so, uh, you gave today. Yeah. So uh, for one thing, they can reach out to me in the time bank if they want to join it. If they're in like in the area, like Columbus, Ohio area, you know. Uh, so if they want, they can like reach out to me like, if they want like get an offer or request. If they want to get, if they want like to give an offer or to like make a request. Um, another thing they can do, they can contact me on Facebook or they can contact mm-hmm. me on Twitter. Uh yeah. So, oh, also one more thing I want to mention before we before we're done. Uh, I wrote a book recently, <laughs> and I published it as a free PDF uh, on WordPress. So it's called, well, you know, basically this book is like a, you know, it's, don't read this book; it's a waste of your time, and that's what it's called. You know, uh, it's basically about uh, rebuilding life and civilization in the twenty first century. Uh, so it's it's called don't read this book; it's a waste of your time, and you know that's the case. Colon? Is there a colon after book? I <laughs> know. Uh, don't read this book! Exclamation point! It's a waste of your time. Period. <laughs> okay. Um, and the reason that's the case is because um, is because uh, you, well, you know that's the case because otherwise its author wouldn't have posted it as a free PDF on the internet. Ah, <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> yep. You need to Patreon that. <laughs> Maybe, okay. but like, I think it's better to just give it for free. And I guess if people want to pay me for it, they can just do, pay, pay me on Patreon if they want. I don't have a Patreon yet, um, but like, they can just get the book for free if they want. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's just on WordPress now. You know, it's a PDF, first edition. You know. All right. Uh, do you do you? Uh, okay. Do you do Twitter or anything like that? Uh, yes, I do. My username. So on Twitter, I'm Harry Hirsch, and my username is Reenter Username. What? Well, because when you when you sign up for the first time, it says, enter your username, and I enter it, and it says, re-enter your username. I'm like, okay, let's put that down. <laughs> okay, no no uh, punctuation in that. Just re-enter username. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah. So my username... Yeah, it's re-enter username with a capital R and a capital U, no spaces. Um, yeah. <laughs> Can I get, uh, Kai, do you want to do a closing before we take off? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Kai Zenkc. That's at K-A-I-Z-E-N-K-C. I'm on Twitter and Patreon, Cash App, and PayPal Me. So um, I'm also a big UBI advocate, and I have recently relocated from Kansas City, Missouri, to Indianapolis, Indiana. And just nice. to let you know, Harry... I graduated high school in Central Ohio in nice. the Worthington School System, started college out there. So I'm super familiar with what Columbus has to offer. I'm very excited that you were able to share this time bank in Columbus. So I have lots of connections still there. I hope to be able to pass along your information to people I know still on the ground out there in Columbus if they're not already yeah, connected with your time all, bank. And also, <laughs> I also mentioned this to reiterate that I'm not in yeah. charge of 
time bank because it's a time bank. There's no one like who's in charge per se. You know, we have a time bank coordinator. Her name is Vilvi. You know, she's on the Columbus Literacy Council. So, so like, if you want someone like, if you want to contact someone like about like you know just time bank related stuff, you know, I mean, you could talk to me, but you could also talk to her. You know, because like she's the coordinator. Like she's the one who like you know you know has like you know like she's the coordinator. Like she manages the software sort of stuff. I think if I recall correctly, you know, so it's like. So I'm not like in charge, and there's no one who's in charge per se. But she's the coordinator. I'm just like a concerned citizen and a member who's like helping out. You know. All right. Very good. I am back. Um, Kai, are you thinking? Are you still going to be running for office uh, now that you've made a move? Um, I I'm not. I haven't decided. Um, simply okay. because it's it, things are so up in the air right now. Right. Um, okay. Well, we'll we'll see we'll see how things play out. I I do know that. Uh, Indiana in particular is one of those uh, places that could use uh, more progressive people running for office. So I'm mm-hmm. going to take a look around and see what's that happening. True. That is too true. I should also note that probably once we have more of the other foundational methods uh, popularized, it's especially things like the diplomatic method and the pathfinding method and the management method, otherwise known as the Deming cycle, uh, once we have those more commonly known people are using them more, we're going to probably see a lot of, like, uh, more, like, of the conservative type of social progress, which we've been kind of lagging behind in for the past few hundred years, you know? So that way, they'll be making more social progress of their own independently. They won't have to keep piggybacking on liberal social progress because they'll be able to make their own, you know? And that means that a lot of conservatives are probably going to be a lot less likely to keep fighting liberals on all all their type of social progress so much, you know? They'll start actually moving forward just, like, liberals are and you know well not just like they'll be making different kinds of progress and they'll be able to hold each other accountable more you know instead of having this constant fight so anyways okay. this one it out there very good um okay I, i'm gonna circle back that. to me let's have well actually why don't i just say what i was gonna say i've been really holding back because <laughs> when when harry uh brings these things up i'm like i want to continue having this conversation but i want to also close Harry the conversation. Has this fascinating way of so, speaking sorry to cut you off I mean, you have this fascinating way of speaking where you'll make a novel intuition expound on it until you reach a new novel intuition and then expound on it and you go forever this is very <laughs> fascinating fascinating <laughs> like, i'd love to have like, you back I on the show know. again i really get back to what you're you're saying but well, i just want to right me too maybe i don't know well, the thing is, when I say half autistic, I mean that there's, yeah. there, really you know, I used to be full right. autistic, now I'm half autistic. So there's the part of my personality that I developed more recently, uh, which is the more fluid part of my personality, you know, the part that's, like, not autistic, you know? But then my personality yeah. is more mechanistic, and I can switch back and forth between them, you know? And yeah, I have different modalities of being. I understand that. Because they're both so genuine. I want to invite you back to the show at any time. Uh, what we do is uh, Shale actually puts in our schedule on the scheduled channel of our text channels here on the Discord. So on Thursdays, you'll be able to see if we have any special guests coming up on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which are yeah. usual cast times. And um, if you see somebody you want to talk to or you if you see a you want to... You got muted. Go ahead. Oh, you got muted. I can't hear you. Was she inviting me to go on the show more often or something? She, I think what she wanted. Yeah, she said if you see anyone. Okay, this is what she said. I post the schedule every Thursday. It's in the schedule channel on this Discord. You're already a member, 
Anyone's been on the show, it's welcome to come on the show again. They don't need to RSVP. You're welcome to drop in and lurk and listen Ooh. or talk as much as you want. You'd, I'd love for you to become a regular speaker. So please check the scheduled channel on Thursdays and come as much as you Wait, would like. Wait, so I can just like drop in whenever I want, whenever you guys have an yeah. episode to participate? That is correct. Yes, if you see someone you would like to talk to, come. If you, if you see a show that doesn't look interesting, don't go. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That's really nice. I you guys. really appreciate you uh, well, you coming. You all I look forward to uh, working with you in Thank the future. You. There's a lot of me. There's a. Time. I keep thinking of something else I want to talk about, but I know that's going to take 15 We're minutes. Trying to do our outros, yeah. So, yeah, yeah and, so. and honestly, I feel like I'm, my worry is that I may have like overloaded the viewers and you guys. I don't think with so. Too no, much like information and ideas. No, you no, know. it's fine. Yeah, okay, good. so 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 I'm so, like. So you guys aren't like overwhelmed by everything or anything like that. I'm not like no, this, is typical, this is a typical show. We, we, no, this, this is a typical show. Yeah. So we, oh. we, we love talking, and uh, most of us <laughs> just don't want to stop talking yes. at the end of the. We, we right. can go yeah. for three hours, yeah. but the view, we try yeah. to uh, give our listeners yeah. a chance to take a break <laughs> from us. But I'm, but I am a bit worried <laughs> that the listeners might be a bit overwhelmed by this, like. The constant don't be, don't be. That's just going to impede you. Just be, be the thinking locomotive you are. Gotcha. So I don't have to worry about like you know <laughs> the viewers being overwhelmed by the constant idea bomb. Don't you worry about that. No, okay, we'll take care of that. That's fine. So we'll my name is Faye. You, we'll my Got name it. is Faye Koo, and uh, you can find me at Palestine Math on uh, Twitter. P A L E S T I N E M A T H. Make America Think Harder. And uh, with that, I'd like to pass to um, Ariel. So you can find me at Ariel's Ariel's on uh, Twitter. So that's A R I E L S A E R I A L S, and uh, YouTube dot com slash Revolutionary Thinking. And Harry, you have an open invite to come on. Just tell okay. me a day and time that works best with you. And uh, what, what day and time do you? What day and times does your show go for? Uh, well, I mean, it, it's I don't have a set schedule. It's just. When I when I get someone, I get someone. <laughs> so so yeah, that that's just the way it happens. Uh, so I'll, let, I'll 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 reach out to you. Let me know what my availability is, and see when we can schedule time. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Influence, are you ready? Oh, yes. Uh, sorry. Um, can you hear me? Yes. I wasn't yep. sure if you okay. heard. Um, you can find me at uh, just Google it. Refluence, my name R E F L U E N C. And there's uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and then uh, Project, I mean, uh, Gaming for Humanity. Look it up. Thank you. So it's Ruf Fluent, R-U-F-L-U-E-N-C-E. No, no, R-E. Oh, R-E-F-L-U-E-N-C-E. R-E-F-L-U-E-N-C-E. Our very own reference. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, yeah, I think he prefers to to have it pronounced refluence, more like influence. It, am I really refluence? Yeah, is that it? Yeah, refluence. Uh, I, I was corrected once, so I I remember now. <laughs> so so it's like a contraction or something. It's refluence, mm-hmm. like repeated uh, influence. Ah, yes, gosh. refluence. Uh, yes. Is it a portmanteau of, of repetition and influence? I don't know. Just not if I'm correct. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll find out. In the future, yep, uh, yep. my name is Shale. My Twitter is Shale Riley. S H A E L R I L E Y. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back next weekend with more basic income advocacy. Be good to each other. Stay safe out there, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for, for uh, participating and speaking here.
Oh, sh- Kaiser, did you say goodbye? Yeah, yeah. I okay. sure did. Oh, I did. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.